Hey, um, like Jaden said, we're in our final series of Launchpad. Um, I've enjoyed this series. I feel super encouraged um, after the last couple of weeks. You know, we've had some awesome preachers um, encourage us around some us around some healthy habits that we can kickstart 2021 with. Um, and I am here tonight to share another habit with you that I really believe can help us to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And that habit is practicing in the secret place. And the secret place, let me tell you, is not an actual place. It's not a place that you can go to. It's not a place you type into Google Maps and get directions for. See, the secret place is a place within your heart. It's a place within your spirit that you meet with God one-on-one. And in the Old Testament and New Testament, it refers to the way that we're in relationship with God. See, the secret place, it's private. It's away from everyone. It's distraction-free. It's secluded. It's just you and the Father. And it's that time, it's your time to spend with God. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Let Me Tell You a Secret. Because guys, I've got two secrets that I really believe can help you when it comes to practicing in the secret place. You know, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, there's this guy called Samuel and he's a little boy when it talks about this story. And in the early hours of, of chapter 3, it talks about how Samuel's eyes were weak and that he was ready to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, he heard his name being called, Samuel, Samuel. And at this time, Samuel served um, under the, a high priest named Eli, and he ministered to God. And thinking it was Eli, he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, no, no, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. And then he went back to sleep, heard his name again, Samuel, Samuel, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli said, no, I didn't call you. And then it happened a third time. And I want to pick up from verses 8 to 10. It says, A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. See, Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling us at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. See, church, it was in the secret place that Samuel first encountered God. It was in that place, the private, away from distraction, that God was able to reveal himself greater to Samuel. And it was in that secret place that not only Samuel got to grow into a deeper relationship with God, but Samuel was positioned for two things. See, church, it's through the secret place that we're positioned for encounter and revelation. But it's in the secret place that that positioning occurs. It's through it that we get encounter with God and we get revelation. You know, I shared earlier that I got two secrets that I want to tell you. Two secrets, and I believe these are the backbone to the secret place. And my first secret is to seek. It says in verse 10, The Lord came and stood there, calling us at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak. It was in that moment, in that invitation, that Samuel went to seek God. 
It was in that moment that he positioned himself for the encounter and the revelation. It says in Matthew 7, 7, seek and you will find. If you seek God, you'll find God, right? What I love about God is that he isn't a one-sided God. See, God wants relationship with us. He wants that two-way relationship. As God puts in effort, we put in effort with our relationship with God. You know, the definition of a relationship is the way in which things are connected or work together. Not work apart, not work against, but work together. See, God wants to work together with you. That's a relationship. You know the beginning of a relationship when things are super exciting? You know, you're showing interest, there's joy. All you want to do is give all of your attention to the person. You just want to spend time with them. That's excitement, right? See, God wants that kind of relationship with you. But not just at the beginning of your relationship, but throughout your relationship. See, it's in the secret place that that positioning occurs. And that positioning looks like seeking God. And in that moment, actively choosing to seek him, to go after him, to find him. So my first secret is to seek. And my second secret is to listen. See, verse 10, Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. See, Samuel sat and he listened to what God had to say. And it was in that seeking that he was positioned himself to listen. You know, some people in the moment, we get so caught up and we just want an answer. You know, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, but we never make room to actually listen. We never make room for him to actually speak. You know, about a year and a half ago, I was at this point in my life where I was really lonely. I lived by myself, I was going through a few things, and I was really lonely. And at that time, at that point in my life, my biggest fear, church, my biggest fear was not being alone in a room, was not being alone in home, was not being the only person in the room, but my biggest fear was being in a room with hundreds of people but still feeling lonely still feeling like I was the only person there. And in that time, a year and a half ago, I was living out my biggest fear. And for so long, I begged God and I pleaded with God for an answer. I I just wanted to know why. I wanted to know why I was going through what I was going through. I wanted to know the answer. I wanted to know the purpose in the middle of my suffering. And for so long, I was constantly praying and speaking to God but I never made room for him to speak to me. See, my words just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. And I just kept saying, God, I want an answer. I prayed it. I need an answer. Come on, hurry up now, please. And I never actually left space for him to speak. And I got to a point where I was literally out of words. I was done. I was so desperate that I said, God, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I prayed every prayer in town. I don't know what else to say. And it was in that moment where I lost my words, I had nothing left to say, that there was that slight room for God to speak into. It was that slight moment where I was silent that God spoke. See, the same way God spoke to me in the silent when I actually spoke to Samuel. See, when Samuel sat and said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. It was in that moment that he invited God to encounter and revelation. 
It was in that moment that he encountered God for the first time, but then was placed revelation over of what was happening in Israel. It says in Psalm 91, he who dwell in the most high will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. See, church, it's in the abiding and the surrendering that our hearts become fine-tuned to the sound of the Father's voice. It's in that abiding, that seeking, that surrendering that we become more fine-tuned to the sound of the Father's voice. John 10, it says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. See, we all have the ability to hear from God. And what I love about our relationship with God is that he doesn't just speak in one way. He speaks in so many ways and he can speak to us in a variety of ways. And it's amazing. And I want to share with you two ways that God can speak to us in the secret place. And one of those ways is through the word of God. See, you could be praying and all of a sudden scripture is placed in your heart and you're reading that scripture and that's a direct line answer to prayer. Or maybe you're in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit draws you to a passage and you're reading it and it becomes a direct line of answer to prayer. Or maybe you're praying another way that God speaks to us. Maybe you could be praying and the Holy Spirit speaks to you in that moment. Maybe you hear God's voice. I don't know if you know this church, but God can actually speak. He has vocal cords. You can hear God. You can hear his actual voice. Maybe when we're praying, the Holy Spirit begins to place vision over you. Maybe there's prophetic words. Maybe God's speaking over your now, over your future, over what's to come. See, God doesn't just limit himself to a single voice. See, God can speak in so many ways, in so many areas, and into every season, every moment. If you seek him, you'll find him. And if you make room to listen, he will speak. He's not just going to leave you on the coat hanger. He's not just going to leave you to dry. He'll speak. So my two secrets were to seek and to listen. You know, church, I want to encourage you in 2021. Let's seek greater. Let's listen greater. Let's be more in tune with where God is going to where we're going. Let's become more aligned with Jesus. Let's actually make room for him to listen. Let's just stop talking just for a moment. Let's just be silent. Let's rest our vocal cords. Let's rest. And in that moment, invite God to speak the same way Samuel invited God to speak. And listen. If it takes 10 minutes for him to speak, if it takes 10 days for him to speak, just sit and listen. In the private in the secret place, with no distraction, no one to look at what you're doing. It's just you and God. It's one-on-one. It's intimate. It's private. You know, let's see greater. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, that, that you are a God that wants relationship with us, Father. That you are a Father that can speak, Jesus. You are a Father that can encourage God. And we just pray in 2021, Jesus, as we meet with you one-to-one in the secret place, God. We pray, Father, for, for you to come, Jesus, in that moment, for us to have greater courage to just sit and listen, greater patience, Jesus, to just sit and listen, God. And as we seek you, Father, we thank you that we'll find you, Jesus, because it's what your word says. 
So, Father, we just thank you for 2021, Jesus. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, will you speak, God? Will you reveal vision? Father, will you reveal prophetic words over your children as we seek you and as we listen greater in 2021? Amen. Hey, come on, let's give it up for Dan. I'm that guy from the video that moved his hands a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, what you do when you're on camera. All right, so how you all going? It's so good to be here, so good to see you all. Yeah, my name is Dan, for anyone who doesn't know me. I serve on team in, yeah, many different areas. And yeah, I'm just stoked to be talking to you guys in 2021. I hope you've all had an incredible break. We're slowly getting back to work. Kelsey and I just shot our first wedding together doing the photography, so that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, The Quiet Place, Gemma, what an awesome, awesome message to share with us because that's something I hold in such high regard as well. And, you know, Gemma touched quickly on prayer within that. And today I just want to expand on that a little more, just like how your prayer life can impact the things around you. And so today I want to talk to you guys about like answering the question, this is, which says, why can it seem like we don't see the power of God at work in our lives and how can we see more of that? You know, it's easy to watch documentaries and hear like, and read of the stories in the, of the incredible awakenings and revivals that's happened that, that God's done in the past, you know. But then, and like even in the book of Acts, there's been like moments where there was like, you know, two, three thousand people just come to know the Lord and it's like in a single moment. And then like so many of them were healed from like deadly disease and stuff. And it's so easy to see those things and have, be, like, have our faith built, but then also ask, why doesn't that happen here and now? And, you know, I want to talk to you guys about the answer to that. And that answer is prayer. You know, it may even seem like there's moments where your faith can be dry, when things aren't happening as much. But I want to discuss three ways, you know, that we can bring our prayer life to the next level. Three ways, three intentional ways that we can create more of a space for God to move through our prayer. Because let me tell you, God is a God who moves through prayer, who He he has in the past and He does now. And that's the thing He calls us to do. He calls us to partner with what He's doing so that He can move in our lives and in the people's lives around us. Come on. All right, so I'm going to read quickly from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 to 46. And we're going to break this down and see how Elijah's prayer is something that we can take away and use in our day-to-day life. So it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand raising her from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds and heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly to Jezreel. Then the Lord gave, Ahab, <laughs> gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So I'm not preaching at all from verse 46, but how crazy is that? The Lord gave special strength to Elijah, and he tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance. That'd be pretty crazy. He ran ahead of the chariot. Um, <laughs> must have been going pretty quick. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. So I want to break that down a little bit because Elijah teaches us a lot of things that we can take into our personal prayer lives in 1 Kings 18. You know, this scripture alone shows us how much God wants to move through our prayer, how much he can do through our prayers. You know, have you been waiting for the rain in your life? You know, that thing only God can bring, that miracle. 
And today I want to talk to you guys about these three points, these intentional ways that we can see the power of God move throughout prayer life. So the title of my message is, Here Comes the Rain. So prayer is our secret weapon as the church. And, you know, the rain is unseen, and the, thing, and the things we're hoping for, they're unseen, but prayer helps to bring that into reality. You know, Elijah didn't see the rain. He didn't know the rain was there. So for our first point today, Elijah prayed a faith-filled prayer. In verse 41, he says to King Ahab, go get something to eat, no, yeah, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. You know, this is at a, at a moment where there was like, there was no clouds in the sky. There was nothing for him to say that from. That was complete faith saying, no, there is a mighty rainstorm coming. I don't see that, but I believe and I know that God is good. You know, the, yeah, not a cloud in the sky at that point, but it was the heart position that he had behind that prayer. And God sees that heart position, you know. The words we're saying are important and God sees how we're saying them. You know, God uses faith to outwork his greatness. So the definition of faith is having complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So the question is then, how do we pray faithfully? How do we go about that and how do we make that a reality? So first of all, we remember that God is for us and he's not against us. That he's actually on our side. He actually wants to partner with what we say. In John 14 13, Jesus says, You can ask for anything in my name and I will do that so the Son can bring glory to the Father. So, you know, if we ask God for anything in faith of the name of Jesus, according to his will, he would do it. You know, it's not just some things. When we seek and we ask in that space of faithfulness, knowing, God, I know you're good, I know you're for me, so I'm going to believe for these things to happen in my life. And number two, have faith in what he has done. So have faith in the things you've seen in your personal life, because I know God is a God of miracles and he's worked in your life before. Remember those things. Ask him to show you those things, because it's so easy to just go from miracle to miracle or blessing to blessing, but God has done things in our past that's changed all of their lives. I'm testament to that. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the love of God in my life. So remember that, that, yeah, that what he has done. And remember what's in the Bible. You know, there's so many stories in there that we can read, that we can see that he has moved in amazing ways. And I just want to remind you that he is the same God today as he was then. He wants to move in the same ways today as he did then. So hold on to that. Have faith in that. And just know when you pray that he is a God who outworks miracles through your prayer. Faith is the essence of seeing heaven on earth. And God sees our faith. Amen. So point one, faith-filled prayer. Point two is persistent prayer. In verse 43 to 44, we see the prophets, prophet pray continuously for God to send rain. You know, it wasn't just this once-off prayer. You know, seven times he went up to the mountain and bowed his head, bowed his, his head between his knees and he prayed. He said, God, please send rain. Seven times he sent his servant to go and look, to go and see if there was rain. And seven times he believed for God to outwork a miracle through his prayer. And guess what? It was on that seventh time that there was breakthrough. You know, imagine if he only prayed five times or six times. Guys, God sees our persistent prayer when we believe for something again and again. You know, when we're persistent with our prayer, God uses that to release his power. You know, and it's not that he doesn't hear us. It's not that he doesn't want to answer that prayer. But when we pray persistently and believe for something strongly like that, he sees that need or that want in our life for it. And, he, and that, that changes, that, that is influential. He sees that. Yeah. So I just want to remind you guys as well, if there's things you've been believing for in your life, those prayers that haven't been answered, you know, that doesn't mean God's not listening. Every single prayer you pray, he hears with his ears. So I just want to remind you to keep praying, keep believing for those things. They may have followed you from last year or years before that. Keep believing and pressing into those because I believe that this year is going to be a year of miracles. You know, but that can't happen without your prayers in your life. 
So continue to pray, believe, and seek. In James 5.16, it says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And, you know, being earnest is having that sincere and intense conviction. So imagine persistent prayer coupled with an intense conviction for change and what God could do through that. You know, the want to see him move in miraculous ways and not giving up so soon and have prayers, but carrying out that conviction into a continued, like, continued prayer. You know, it's easy to do those hand grenade prayers, you know. Just pray once and believe for something to happen, then go, like, why does nothing happen, God? Like, like what's happening in this space? You know, I want to encourage you guys this year, if it starts this year, if it started before, continue to believe for things persistently. You know, continue to believe for God to continually move in your life because that creates more space. And if you create more space for God to move, he's going to move. Come on, are we good? Yeah, awesome. So point one, faith-filled prayer. Point two, persistent prayer. And point three is the secret ingredient to seeing the rain, for seeing the miracles in your life through the power of prayer. And that is through fasting. In verse 41, 42, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. We get this. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, and prayed with his face between his knees. You know, in that moment, Elijah refrained from eating and drinking, from needing what he physically needed at that time. And instead, he went up to the mountain to seek God in the quiet place. You know, God calls us into a position of surrender when we pray to him. You know, that's why it's so powerful when you lift your hands or when you bow your knees or you you bow your head. You know, that's so powerful to see those things because that's a position of surrender in prayer to God. You know, fasting is just another act of that, a humble act of surrender. It's giving up something from your physical life and just so God can move in the spiritual. It's creating that space for Him. And so, you know, like fasting can be from a meal a day or it can be from, you know, no food for a certain amount of time. Something like social media or some other like want or need in life that we go with that saying, no, God, I give this to you. I'm surrendering that because I want to see you move in the spiritual. For my life personally, I know that moments I've fasted and believed for God to move has just been incredible, you know. What happens in that space when we, are, when we surrender parts of our physical selves to God like that, it's just incredible. It's like, it's uncomprehendable. Like, what the, the things that happen from that place of surrender are incredible. So I encourage you that if there is that thing you've been believing for, or something you want to see change in a breakthrough in, I encourage you to fast. Lay something down from your physical life in order for God to move in the spiritual, sacrificial seeking. Guys, prayer allows the power of heaven to come down to earth. And when our prayer is faith-filled, when it's persistent, and when it's coupled with fasting, there is no limit to what God can do through your prayers in your life. You know, remember these things as you come into this new year, because it will be a year of fruit and of movement. You know, as we give space and give time for God to move, that will just create so much more yeah, like I said, just space for him to move, possibility for him to move. How crazy is that? Like the God who created the earth, who created heaven, earth, all this, us, he wants to partner with your words, you know. He could just move like with, through nothing and just make things happen. But he actually chooses to partner with what we say. You know, I had that revelation a while ago and I asked God, like, yeah, why do I pray? And he said, because I hold you in high regard and I want to work through your prayers. You know, it's a relationship. It's not a, it's not a, a king over, over servants. It's, it's a relationship. You know, he wants to move and partner with what you're praying for. So remember, have that Elijah-style prayer life in your life, and this year will be a fruitful year. So I personally hold prayer in a very high regard. 
And, you know, it's been moments where I've, I've asked God to intervene and to move is, when, is where he's moved, like, yeah, moved the strongest and used me the most. So a story back in November 2019, I got flown out to Japan for a job. And I went with two guys that I didn't really know too well. I just met them. And, um, yeah, we were like, yeah, making friends over in Japan. It was cool. I figured out they were both from Christian families, but were no longer following God. And, you know, while we were in Tokyo, on our first night there, something crazy happened. We were, yeah, shooting. The night was going well. Then something happened, and, and this, I soon found myself in this uncomfortable position where my mate was on a FaceTime with his girlfriend who was overdosing back home, and he was helpless from where he was. And he, as he was sitting there, like, the night began to escalate. She was on this FaceTime. We're trying to keep her alive, like, awake and just talking to us and keep her conscious. And, you know, he was there. He began to start having this panic attack and began to pass out. And then he'd get back up again, not remember anything of where he was, and he would just start to freak out. So we were there trying to keep her conscious and trying to comfort him. And it was in that moment I had this intense feeling of fear just grip my heart. And I had no idea where to go, what to do with this. So I began to pray. I began to believe. And, you know, I wasn't just praying a prayer. I wasn't just asking God like a normal prayer like I might do every day. But I was believing for God to save a life that night. I was believing for him to comfort people that night. And so I asked him, I said, God, hold him. Heal her. Protect her. Don't let her lose her life this night. So I began to believe that. I had this faith-filled prayer over the circumstance. And then, you know, I began to pray every opportunity I had with persistence, you know. Every moment I could, I'd mumble a little prayer under my breath. As I was holding him there, like, just trying to keep him calm, I'd speak it over him. I'd pray over him with life, and I kept praying that every opportunity I could. You know, it was a crazy, crazy night. I remember just sitting there with these rats all around us and all of this happening. But I had this crazy sense of peace as I began to pray over this circumstance. And, you know, things went on. We ended up back at the hotel and she was okay. She'd come to and was in the hands, the safe hands of a friend. You know, and as he calmed down, he asked me, he said to me, he's like, Dan, were you praying through that? And I said, yeah, I was. He looked at me and he goes, Dan, I think that's what saved her. You know, guys, prayer, persistent, faith-filled prayer brings forward miraculous endings. God can move through that. When we are yeah, from a place of surrender, from God, I know you can move. I know you can change the circumstance. He sees that and he'll move through that. You know, yeah, it was a, a crazy testimony, but a, such an incredible thing. And the thing is, God wants to use each and every one of you in ways like that through your life now, through your prayer life now. There's people around you that need God, that need saving. There's people around you that need healing, and God wants to move through your prayer life. So I encourage you this year, this is, if this is the first year, if it started before, I encourage you, pray persistently, pray faith-filled prayer, and couple that with fasting, and you will see the miraculous in your life. And I just want to quickly close on this, you know, if any of you guys have felt stirred by this, you know, as you saw, we're starting Dunamis in, in the next couple of weeks. And we'd love to invite you into that space where we're going to believe and fast and pray for that, those things to happen. You know, if you want to get around that, you want to see what God is doing in Everlife, then come and join us. We would love to have you guys there. So I'm going to quickly pray and invite the band back up now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we give you the praise in this, in this moment tonight, God. Father, I thank you that you are the only thing that matters in this world, Lord. And even in that moment, Lord God, that I shared, it was not me that did anything, but it was your spirit and your power, Father. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you help, you help us, Lord God. You convict our hearts. You show us, Lord God, that the power of prayer is real, Lord God. That you are a God that moves through prayer. So Father, I pray as people go into their 2021, may you move through their hearts, Lord. May you remind them that you're a God who works miracles. You're a God who works the miraculous as, as we pray and partner with what you're doing in the moment, Father. 
Father. So God, I pray for that conviction to settle on our hearts, Lord. May we be drawn to that secret place that Gemma was talking about. May we feel the need to pray for our friends. May we feel the need to fast and believe for breakthrough in those areas. Holy Spirit, we praise you and we give the rest of the night into your hands. Amen.